Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. The consensus number one pick in this coming up NFL draft, number one wide receiver, excuse me, Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. I have a personal affinity for him because his dad obviously played at Syracuse and watched him play while I was there. We're about the same age, so that's cool to see Marvin Harrison Jr. on his success. But a guy that I've been saying all morning, I'm pretty sure this is right, does not have him as his number one wide receiver in his rankings, and I love when things like this happen because we welcome in Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, right now to talk about it. Chris, uh, good morning. It's Sal and Joe. Am I, do I have that right? You do not have Marvin Harrison Jr. as your number one wide receiver in this class. Is that correct? Uh, I don't. It's actually Malik Neighbors from LSU. All right. Just very, yeah, just very quickly to explain that, and, and I know it sounds crazy, but I'm glad, Sal, that you said that you like and kind of welcome when there's you know a different take I out do. there. Listen, let me tell you something. I think I, I, I love this kind of stuff because we know it's an, ex, an inexact science. Last year, we had people who said Jameer Gibbs was over Bijan Robinson. As crazy as that sounded, I know the usage wasn't there for Bijan, so we can't tell. Jameer Gibbs looks pretty good, right? Yeah. And I remember a few years ago, we had Emery Hunt on. Emery Hunt loved Lamar Jackson way more than Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, and people made fun of him. Look where he is today. So, Chris, you go at it, buddy. You do what you got to do. I love hearing this. Explain why. Okay, so I have neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. because he's definitely better after the catch. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. can do a lot of the things that teams want out of that X receiver. That's like the guy usually lined on the left outside of the formation, has to run a variety of routes, which Harrison Jr. certainly did more of than Malik Neighbors. With the ball in his hands, Neighbors is, I don't want to say Jalen Waddell, but kind of in like the Brandon Ayuk to Jalen Waddell explosiveness category. Um, they both track the, bo- track the football amazingly, like over the shoulder, in traffic, will go up and, and make those contested uh, catches. I think there's a good chance because he's not quite as big that Malik Neighbors actually tests better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, relative to the size, I think Harrison Jr. will be very impressive at the Combine or the Ohio State Pro Day. 
But for me, yards after the catch is a very vital element to playing the wide receiver position. And really the only negative that I see with neighbors is that at LSU, just because he was so athletic, just such a specimen, he didn't run a variety of routes. So it, it's not even that I'm seeing things differently than the vast majority of people. I just value yards after the catch mm-hmm. um, so yeah. much that I think that's why he has a higher grade than Marvin Harrison Jr. Is there, you tell me if I'm off base here, is there a reason why when I hear you talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. or even like Ian Harditz yesterday I think had a similar take on him where, you know, the mm-hmm. skill set is unbelievable. Like the name I keep thinking of is DK Metcalf. But like I don't think Metcalf was this high, right, going into his draft class. Like he fell, but it wasn't like he wasn't this high, right? Yeah, he's a little bit more polished than I think DK Metcalf was, and I think DK Metcalf though was more of a specimen just how he looked. I don't think we're going to see like low 4-3s from Marvin Harrison Jr. He's kind of like I would say like a light version of Julio Jones that I think going into this final season at Ohio State, it was, oh, this is Julio Jones 2.0. I was seeing some Calvin Johnson comparisons. He's not quite as big as Calvin Johnson. He's going to be probably the same height weight as Julio. But again, he's just not as explosive and like can take that, you know, 10 yard comeback, stiff arm someone and then explode 70 yards for a score. That's not really where where Marvin Harrison uh, wins. Yeah, you're not the only one. I think, like I said, who was it yesterday, Joe? Who was, was on with Triple Ian, Ian Harditz, I think, was the same thing. Where yeah. I think, like you, he had neighbors one and then Harrison two. I think he 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 said the same thing. So let's go to explosive plays, right? All right. So let's look at this class. The Bills want to add explosive plays, which obviously leads to explosive players. Chris, like, what are we looking at in that regard? You have your different flair every year at wide receiver. We went through this last year. If you Remember last year it was like, well, if you want the short guy who's real good at getting down the field, you want the taller guy who's really good at, you know, a contested catch. What about this year's class? Is there all different flavors like that? Yeah, definitely. I think this is the best class the last two or three years. It kind of reminds me of the 2021 draft class. Jamar Chase uh, at the top, Jalen Waddell that there's those elite players, and I think you have that with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. But then after, from late in the first round into the third round, it's kind of been the case every year, you do have the bigger bodies like Rome Adunze, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. Then you have, like, the guys, and, and one that Joe's been kind of tweeting about the last couple of days, Troy Franklin from Oregon, who is a speedster. He's going to just be very effortlessly getting down the football field on the vertical route tree. Jermaine Burton is someone else from Alabama who wasn't really utilized a lot. The quarterback play wasn't great, but can certainly get down the field. Xavier Worthy from Texas that we all watch. And then two names that I think are kind of interesting just because of um, who their dads are. Uh, Brendan Rice from USC. Jerry Rice is his dad. And then there is another McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey from Rice. Those were like big-time down-the-field players where my idea would be the Bills could maybe even double up at wide receiver in this draft class like the Packers did um, two drafts ago with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Pick one in the first or the second and then come around again in the fourth or the fifth. They will be able to add really whatever flavor they want, but certainly a speedster in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Are Are they – um, in terms of like the first to the second round, like the range in which the Bills will be picking, is this kind of the range you're thinking for? Like you mentioned, Franklin and Worthy. Um, I guess how likely is it to you? Is this early that these guys don't 
become risers through the draft uh, season here where they, they kind of get out of range? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it's hard to say now, and a lot of that I think is contingent upon the combine. That if Troy Franklin runs four three one and has a forty two inch vertical, mm-hmm. then it would it's probably because so much of the first round is based on those combines. Just how big of a a physical talent are you getting? I don't think he's going to run that fast. I don't think Xavier Worthy is going to be big enough to be someone that's going to be in, in the top fifteen or top twenty. Although the NFL has kind of not cared as much about that weight um, over the last couple drafts. I'll put it like this. Troy Franklin right now, pre-combine, and things could be tweaked a little bit with my grade, is right in between the grade that I had for Zay Flowers and Jackson Smith and Jigba last year, and they went right in front of the Bills in the 20s. So mm-hmm. I think Troy Franklin and you pinpointing him makes a lot of sense because he fits what the Bills seemingly want with the explosive plays like you guys were mentioning from Sean McDermott press conference and mid to late 20s I think that's where he will probably be available he's a good name to for Bills fans to watch not just the highlights but watch entire Oregon games or or cut up Oregon games to watch Troy Franklin he's a lot of fun down the field the first name Xavier is very popular in this year's wide receiver draft by the way there's a few guys uh, who have that Mm -hmm. name so chances are you might land on one of them all right let's do process of elimination here Chris Explosive players. All right, let's just take your top, I don't know, 10 receivers, whatever you want to do. Who can we eliminate off that and say, probably not what the Bills are looking for here? In terms of a smaller explosive guy or just any wide receiver? It doesn't even have to be smaller. I'm saying if the Bills really want to focus on getting more explosive plays, you said there's a flair of every kind of guy here. Who can Mm -hmm. we kind of eliminate and say, not really his game? Probably Rome Adunze, and, and and that is it's kind of opposite of what I normally say because I, I always like to advocate that bigger wide receivers can be vertical threats. Like Mike Evans yep. has been able to get down the field in his career. Adunze scares me a little bit because I think he is so reliant on the contested catch, um, and he, there's a chance if he doesn't you know, measure up quite as big as he was listed and doesn't run really fast, that, that, that he could be within striking distance. And we know that Brandon Bean's not afraid of trading up. He's done it in the last two first rounds. Um, he's someone that I would say is not that uh, explosive type. Keon Coleman is another one that I think a lot of people mm-hmm. certainly watched from Florida State. Similar type, six foot three, like 215, made a couple spectacular grabs, but is not really an explosive type. And Xavier Leggett, one of the guys that you were just um, alluding to, Sale, from South Carolina, he's more of an underneath, not quite Debo Samuel, but he's more of that type of throw him a drag route, he'll make a defender miss, run over someone and get a 15-yard gain. Explosive, like big 30, 40-yard plays on a consistent Mm -hmm. basis. That's not really his game either. Those are the three that kind of feel like late first or into the second round wide receivers that I don't really think would fit what the Bills want at wide receiver. For for all these receivers, and I guess for other positions too, this week at the Senior Bowl, like you mentioned how important the combine will be, and we know the draft tape, or like the college football tape, of course, is maybe the number one thing here. Where does the Senior Bowl kind of fit in on that pie chart for you in terms of importance to these, these guys' stock? Okay, so for me, it does not really matter at all. Like, it, it would be 5%. Like, I, I just think what you're doing in practice with, and especially if we're talking about wide receivers, with a quarterback that you've never been on a practice field with, I, I don't think it should matter very much. But, and you guys probably know this, but 20 of the 45 draft picks 
that the Bills have made since 2018 played in the Senior Bowl. So the Bills, that's like yeah. that's 44 percent. The Bills clearly put up. I don't want to say a huge emphasis on it, but I think they they consider it more than I do. So I I think watching these practices when they're on NFL Network, reading uh, you know Senior Bowl recaps, um, and just trying to kind of zero in on again the type of wide receiver that the Bills want probably that that explosive player down the field keep tabs on some of those names because i think brandon bean and sean mcdermott have clearly made it an emphasis to to really zero in on a lot of these players at the senior bowl every year uh brian thomas has been mocked to the bills quite often how would he fit in he's one that I, I didn't mention earlier because I think even though he is a bigger body, I saw a lot of explosiveness on film. And he's got kind of a sculpted body, um, and, but and one against man coverage, I thought, at a pretty good rate for being someone that's not Malik Neighbors, that's not, uh, you know, Xavier Worthy fast, uh, and wasn't solely reliant on winning um, in those contested catch situations. But because he is a big, a, a little bit of a bigger body, in terms of boxing out, the body control, contorting his body near the sideline, very good in that regard. And I saw him take, you know, some slants, some deep dig routes, stiff arm and defender, and then explode up the field. So he's someone that I, I could kind of see him being that riser during the pre-draft process. Just And that's just from watching him on film. I think he's going to test pretty well. But if he would be, again, maybe not all the way to 28, but – gets into the late teens or the early 20s with the Bills armed with 10 picks, we might see a situation where the size, speed, specimen um, that could add a little bit of both in terms of uh, flavors that the Bills could want at wide receiver, Brandon Bean could again for the third straight year trade up and get him. He would be a fun addition to this offense. Chris Trapasso joining us here on the Western Hotline, the Extra Point Show. You can follow Chris on Twitter, by the way. That's his name, at Chris Trapasso, just his full name there. Uh, player analyst, draft analyst, CBS Sports, does a really good job. All right, so let's move off wide receiver for a moment. Another area the Bills might need to look at is defensive tackle, interior defensive line, maybe just because of the numbers they have. If they can get Daquan Jones back, great. But they might have to look to somebody to pair with Ed Oliver. I know a lot of people are talking about Sweat from Texas. How do you look at this group? Yeah, it's at the top, and this is kind of uh, the range or the style that has kind of pushed up the defensive linemen in the last couple of years. That most of the best players are in that six foot to six two range, around three hundred pounds, like more closely um, aligned to Ed Oliver's frame, and it does feel like the Bills certainly like to have a, a bigger body next to Ed Oliver because he is under, you know, technically a, um, a little bit undersized. Tavon Gray Sweat mm-hmm. is the headliner being like, so he might be 350, could even be 360. That's what he was listed at. Um, it, it's not a great class in terms of those monstrous types. McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M, 6'2 and like 330. He's just that big space eater. LSU has two um, big interior defensive lineman, uh, Makai Wingo and Mason Smith, who could be on the Bills' radar. But to me, for as important of a need as that is that you just mentioned, Sale, I don't think the Bills necessarily need to use even a second or a third-round pick on that player. That's a spot that after the pass rushers, like I mentioned, go the uh, Zerjan Newtons, Byron Murphy from Texas, you're going to hear a lot of those names. 
third, fourth, fifth round, you can get a quality player like a McKinley Jackson or a Mason Smith um, later in the draft to, to plug that position that's not going to necessarily see a ton of snaps in this Sean McDermott defense. You think uh, you think backup running back is worth monitoring for like a mid to late round pick for the Bills this draft this draft season? Well, again, with with ten picks, it, it wouldn't be you know a horrible idea to um, kind of go in that direction. Do I think the Bills are necessarily going to make all of those ten picks? Probably not. Um, but and this sounds weird saying this as a draft analyst, I certainly will watch. 20 or 30 running backs grade them, but it almost just feels like in the fifth round, if you want a backup running back, just pick your favorite guy. (laughs) Um, Hopefully in college, he, you know, forced a lot of missed tackles or he hit a lot of home runs and behind what was a better bills offensive line this year. I think you could get quality production out of him. Like beyond Mm -hmm. the breakout season that the bills got from James cook, they got quality play from Latavius Murray and then Ty Johnson off the street. I, I don't think it's, worth a ton of time to talk oh you know yep. which late round pick do you need at the running back spot because there's a lot of them in every class no that's fair i mean i guess they don't even necessarily need to do it it's you know you just mentioned they picked ty johnson off off the street and he was fine yeah. so yep. if they did the same thing didn't pick a guy and went and it could be ty johnson again um you know it's not it's not an area of emphasis obviously no i don't think so either and i mean they're just to kind of stay with the theme of these guys with NFL lineage, Frank Gore Jr. is in this draft class from Southern Miss, and he's that's amazing. Uh, I'm so old. Chris. He just I retired. Am so freaking old. <laughs> yeah, we were only like two years away from Frank Gore being in the NFL with his. Yes, would have been amazing. From Southern Miss, he's a little smaller than his dad, but very explosive. He feels like that, you know, fifth or sixth rounder that will be picked up on a bunch of. Uh, uh, like a fantasy football teams next year, and and ultimately be a good player if he's behind a good offensive line. And and just to be clear, McCaffrey is the younger brother of Christian, and his dad is obviously Ed McCaffrey. That is the relation there, right? Luke, yes, Luke McCaffrey. He was at Nebraska, then transferred to Rice, and then had a really good season for the Owls this year. He's kind of a sleeper down the field type, where maybe if the Bills wanted to go, say Brian Thomas in round one. Then in round four or five, they could take Luke McCaffrey to add more downfield speed to the offense. All right, I'm going to give you another name that has a name, but he's not related. The last name, McConkie. Phil McConkie was a wide receiver from Buffalo, Mm -hmm. Canisius High School. He went on to play for the Giants, won a Super Bowl against the Bills, actually. Lad McConkie is in this draft from Georgia. A lot of people might know him. He is not related, as far as anything I can see, everybody, to Phil McConkie. But it is a name we all recognize here in Buffalo. And uh, Jack on Twitter actually asked us about him, so I'll ask you about Lad McConkie. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't think that they were, like, father, son, uncle, anything like that either. I, I, I would be surprised if that just suddenly came out because I, I have not seen that. Right. He is. They do kind of play like each other, though. Yes, but what's <laughs> interesting with Lad McConkey, I think, is that, and not to go into a whole race conversation, but when you're a white wide receiver, you're at Georgia. It's okay. He's a slot guy. He's quick. He's going to catch everything. He knows where to be. I think McConkey's pretty explosive. Like I won't be surprised if we look back at his combine and we're like, that's a first round pick, or that's an early second round player, and. I said this with Joe and Jeremy, I think, last week. For as much as I I do think the Bills are going to lean towards someone that can hit those explosive plays, 
that are so important to just scoring touchdowns on those drives, like Joe's mentioned. Um, I, I think it's almost more important that the Bills just get a call. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply wide receiver. And when you watch McConkie's film all the way back like two or three years ago when he was an underclassman at Georgia, awesome route runner, catches everything, definitely took slants 30, 40, 50 yards down the field, wasn't as much involved in the offense this past year. And obviously the quarterback play wasn't quite as good as it was when they were winning those back-to-back titles. But in terms of a polished wide receiver that does have some upside because of his athleticism, that can hit the ground running in the NFL. If you somehow strike out and, and say four wide receivers go right in front of the Bills like they did last year, early in round two, maybe trading back, um, Lad McConkey is someone that I think, again, can be good instantly, and then there's some upside with him. So he would be a very nice addition to this offense who can get open in a hurry. But last thing for me, non-Bills, as we enter the draft season here, uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, we talk about them a lot. Is it – Jaden Daniels is the only other guy right now that looks like a top-of-the-draft quarterback, or are there others that you think still have the opportunity to kind of get in that conversation? So to me, yes. I think it is only Jaden Daniels that can get into that top three, top five, top ten, yeah. um, just in terms of grade. But keep an eye on Bo Nix. I think this week for him at the Senior Bowl, <sighs> uh, all of the experience that he has, that he really went from this kind of wild and crazy, make bad decisions at Auburn quarterback, to very coachable, making the right decision, playing within the structure, and then kind of flashing that athleticism outside at times at Oregon, he could be someone that I don't know can ascend and pass Jaden Daniels, who is just so explosive 
and such a big playmaker at LSU. But somewhere in the top 10 to top 20 range, I wouldn't be shocked because there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks Mm -hmm. if Bo Nix actually jumps Michael Penix and J.J. McCarthy, anyone else, and he's the third or the fourth quarterback off the board. What what happened to Michael Penix? Was I just not reading the right people, or did he fall? Because I thought there was a time during the college football season where he was being talked about as a guy that could go top ten, and now I feel like I'm not seeing that. No, that's a good point. I, I think, and it's it's unfortunate for him, I think what happened in the national title game, not that smart teams are saying, oh, hey, one game we're going to drop him to the third round, but my takeaway from that and I haven't really gotten to talk to the few league sources that I have about this yet. It's kind of early in the pre-draft process, but they accentuated his weakness and that he is not very mobile. He cannot create off structure. And if everything isn't perfect for him, he can kind of be in that Tua tongue of Iloa role. And I, I think he's kind of a similar type where when everything, when he's protected, yes. well, he's going to drop dimes down the field. And when he, when he has an advantage at the wide receiver spot, there's no throw that, he isn't, you know, too afraid to make. I yeah. think he has a better arm than Tua. He's bigger than Tua, but a similar style quarterback. I still think he'll be off the board in the first couple rounds. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's a team late in the first that takes a flyer on him. But against a good defensive line and when his receivers couldn't get open uh, very easily against Michigan, we saw him have his worst game of the year. So I think that's why he's kind of been passed by a, a few of these other quarterback prospects. Chris, you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. He reminds me of Tua in all of those regards. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because he's left-handed, right? I yeah. mean, that's also <laughs> another thing. But I think it's exactly that. He, he reminds me of Tua. Watching him, Joe, as the season went on a little bit more and you know when they were in those, those big-time games, I'm like, man, this guy can really put the ball where it's supposed to be. Yeah. But, man, if he has to kind of create himself – it's just not happening, and I think you need that in the NFL, and that's what we're seeing you know, with um, the, the detractors on Tua as they go forward. Last question from me, and just want to circle back to Bo Nix real quick. He's going to be 24 years old next month. Yeah. I mean, Chris, what, you, you've talked to a lot of people. You've gone to these uh, events. Wouldn't that matter a little bit? By the time he finishes his rookie contract, he's close to 30 years old. I think it should matter a lot. Like from going back to when Brandon Whedon was a first round pick by the Browns and was like 28 years old because he had played mm-hmm. minor league foot, uh, baseball. It was like, how, how can you do that? Exactly what you just said. Like you pick a quarterback in the first round, you're hoping that he's signing two and three and four contracts with your team, not just one. But I do think after COVID and now that this is probably the last draft class that will really be impacted by COVID where a lot of these players like Bo Nix, like Jaden Daniels, that took advantage of getting that free year of eligibility, um, that we're going to see those 23-, 24-, 25-year-old quarterbacks. It's almost like the league, from what I gathered last year, it was like the NFL was like, well, yeah, a lot of these players are just older now. We can't do anything about it. This is the talent that we have at our disposal. Will that be something that some teams don't like? Absolutely. Caleb Williams is much younger. Drake May is younger. Jaden Daniels around the same age. But I think – from what I said, how he transitioned from being kind of erratic and not making good decisions to being that, you know, game manager type that does have some athleticism. I think Bo Nix and his camp will lean into it and say, look, like I played a lot of college football. I've made 50 starts. So you're getting someone that maybe won't have such a steep learning curve once he's in the NFL. For me though, I would aim higher at the quarterback spot and say, Let's pick a younger guy that can do more 
outside of structure like Mahomes, like Josh Allen. But that's a good point to bring up, and that will be something that will be discussed his age entering this draft. Chris, thanks a lot for joining us. Really appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch, I'm sure, this offseason into the draft. All right. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Oh, you got it. Chris Trapasso right there. So the Dolphins have yet to make a decision on defensive coordinator. They are interviewing someone else. And Bobby Babich, of course, is in the mix there. He's in the mix with the Giants. There's an update with the Giants as well from Joe Shane. So we'll talk about that. And what other? there was another coaching piece I wanted to get to here in a minute. I'll think about it during the break. But it's a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts. Oh, yeah, and a GM piece. Bill's front office exec interviewed for GM's job. So a lot of stuff's happening here. We'll talk about all that. We'll kind of reset the landscape when we come back next on the Extra Point Show on WGR. He will punish you. He'll take off with those legs. He'll also keep his eyes downfield to extend. He had more completions outside the pocket than any quarterback in the championship games. This is going to be a massive storyline, especially as we look back at the last time the San Francisco 49ers played the Chiefs with Jimmy Garoppolo. It is the single biggest difference between that quarterback and this one, and it is a large part of why they won this game. Mina Kimes. Yeah, I mean, right? Isn't that? Didn't we talk about that a little bit? Like the, the difference between Garoppolo and Purdy is Purdy can move a little bit back there, and he creates mm-hmm. when he needs to create, or at least gets out of trouble. Yeah, there's more. There is. It's still not a lot. It's not like as much as some right. quarterbacks, but there is definitely more that can happen off structure with him than with Garoppolo. Garoppolo, it was basically if the play design didn't work, there was no play, and Purdy sometimes can make something happen. So Bobby Babbage still in the mix for. I guess three different positions. I don't think the, have the Packers hired a defensive coordinator yet. I don't think they. they have. I think are still. In, I saw they're interviewing someone today, so I don't think they've hired anyone. Neither have the Dolphins. Neither have the Giants. We know that he's interviewed for these three spots. I know that the Giants have interviewed at least six people. I looked at that the other day. Joe Shane said he's the GM, obviously formerly of the Bills, here as assistant general manager. He said they have, hope to have a resolution on that position by the end of the week. In Miami, they are now interviewing, apparently, um, Adam Beasley says, Anthony Weaver uh, is one of them. But mm. Anthony Weaver is going to be interviewed. Yeah, Adam Beasley, our buddy down there, our buddy, quote-unquote, uh, Adam Beasley, he uh, he notes that Bobby Babich was on staff with Mike McDaniel in Cleveland a while ago. I have asked, um, you know, what are the, who are the six candidates? He said there's six now. We know Leslie Frazier is one of them, right, Joe? I think Leslie Frazier... Miami, yeah. they, they wanted to interview him, or they did interview him. Bobby Babich, obviously. Anthony Weaver, there's three of them. I'm interested there. And then you have, we just talked to Packers. All right, so as far as Babich is concerned, and I keep saying this, I don't think you have to, if you're Sean McDermott, you want to keep Bobby Babich. I don't think you have to make him suddenly like, oh my God, we're going to lose him. You can let this play out. The other teams might choose someone else. And if that's the case, then, you know, I mean, Bobby Babbage feels he has to spread his wings. He could always go somewhere, or mm. he just returns in his role. So I don't think you have to have this knee-jerk to all these interviews. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people saying, just make him the defensive coordinator, don't lose him. Okay, but wait a minute. What if he wouldn't lose him anyway? Does that make sense? Sure. I also don't know. I, I think he has a proven track record with the Bills as a positional coach, both at safety yes. and linebacker. If he became the defensive coordinator, I guess I would be interested to hear what his role would be in general. I I don't think, I mean, maybe, I wouldn't guess that he would be the play caller. Um, I know he would do, we have more responsibilities during the week if that were to be the case, but 
I I don't think there's any stopping him becoming like the guy in charge of a defense. Like McDermott, mm-hmm. I don't think has that to offer. You know, if what what do most of these guys, not all these guys, what do a lot of these guys want? They want to rise in their position, just like you and your job, anybody in their job. They want to rise in their position. They want to get to the highest level. Bobby Babbage probably has a dream to become an NFL head coach someday. And if he wants to do that, he's young, right? 40 years old still, I think, right? Yeah, just found that. It's 40 years old. Mm -hmm. So if he wants to accomplish that, you really can't outbid teams like the Dolphins or the Giants if they truly want him. So I don't know that you have to do anything because that that's just kind of how it goes. If they you can't offer him the credit that would come with if he goes to Miami and that defense gets amazing next year. Well, now he's in head coach cycles. If the, he goes to the Giants and that defense gets amazing, then he gets in head coach conversations. If he becomes the Bills' defensive coordinator and they remain as one of the best defenses in football, one. They already were pretty good, and, t- and I know he's a part of that. And two, McDermott's a defensive coach, so he's going to get a chunk of that anyway. You know, you just you can't really compete with what some of those offensive coaches would have to offer for him. So I don't think you have to overreact. I think if he's still here, awesome, because he's maybe their, one of their most accomplished, you know, one of their most respected positional coaches. If you want to make him defensive coordinator, I think that's fine too, but... I think you can only go so far to protect him from going to another team. That's exactly right. And listen, let me let me tell you about Bobby Babbage. His dad is Bob Babbage, as a lot of people know. He was on the Bills staff for several years. He has since retired. Bob Babbage was a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I think I have to look to make sure. He might have been interim coach somewhere where he was someplace where the head coach got fired. Um, and he is so well-respected, his dad, did you know that Bob Babbage Sr. actually did the was chosen to do the introduction for Brian Urlacher into the Hall of Fame, Joe? I did not know that. I, I was just looking at yes. his career now and saw he was their def- Chicago's D coordinator for a while. Um, I think they went to yeah. the Super Bowl when he was the D coordinator, right? Yep. Am I right or wrong yep. on that? 2008. Yep. So, so look, if you, if you follow the, the history, the lineage, my guess is that Bobby Babbage would love to be a head coach in this league. Just like his dad rose up and, you know, maybe never got that, that, um, that chance – but, you know, this is the natural progression of coaches. And it's the same thing with Eric Washington. And I said this yesterday. We get a lot of, well, it's a lateral move. Leaving the Bills. Sean McDermott. It's not a lateral move. Anytime you go from position coach to coordinator, you're bettering yourself. You're bettering your position. You're bettering your title. You're probably bettering your financial situation. Just because you have assistant head coach title doesn't matter. That's just something that teams add on to help out. It means that you're a guy in case something happens, you're right there, you're next to the head coach, you're learning. My guess is Eric Washington wants to be a head coach someday. So he's going to go to a place where he can step up, run his own unit, even though he's not calling plays. I understand people would say, in theory, it's kind of like a lateral move since you're not calling plays. But he is running his own unit. He's not doing that in Buffalo. He's a position coach. That would be the next step for Bobby Babbage. If he does, if he decides to do it, be happy for him. Encourage it, support it. That's what we should all do in life for people who want to better themselves. But I also think that he's seen it from his dad's prism where it doesn't have to be tomorrow. These things can take time. He's a young guy, Joe, as you said. So if I'm Sean McDermott, if I'm the Bills, I kind of slow play it. And I'm like, look, if he's going to leave, then we have to make a decision. But until that happens, I don't have to make a decision here. And that's Mm. where I would approach it from if I'm the Bills. On another note, um, Terrence Gray Bill's player personnel director interviewed for both the Raiders 
and the Chargers general manager's jobs. They have since hired people. The Raiders hired former Chargers Chargers general manager Tom Telesco, who's from Mm -hmm. Buffalo. And the Chargers yesterday hired, and i got to get the guy's name, but he was with Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry, John. Now he's going to Jim Harbaugh. I don't think Terrence Gray, I don't know Terrence Gray interview for any other jobs. But, Joe, I don't even know if there's any other GM jobs open now, are there? I don't. I think that might have been it. Um, I don't, Is the, the New England GM job available? Right, I was thinking about that, but I don't know what their structure is going to be, but that would be the one that you could think about in that regard. I haven't yeah. heard any like way they're doing that or what name's tied to it, but I guess it all just comes back to me that, you know, Terrence Gray, and I think, you know, he's put in time, he's put in his work, and he wants to be a GM, but we're back at the same kind of argument here, but a different position. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen again this year for him. The only other position, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think this list is updated, but Carolina might also be vacant. Okay. That that, might be right. But that's it. Carolina Panthers. Let me just see. General manager. Let's see if we can find anything out here by doing the old Google search. This might not be. Oh, no, no. No, it's Dan Morgan. Dan Morgan was hired. They elevated him. I was going to say, this is definitely not updated because I see Bill Belichick uh, still listed for New England. Although Tom Telesco is also listed. So I don't don't know what Pro Football Network's got going on here. I I don't Uh, know if there's a GM job available. I'm not sure. I'd have to look uh, to make sure. But I I think that might have been it. Yeah. Would, uh, if Leslie Frazier got the Dolphins defensive coordinator job, would that just be really interesting or should it be intimidating in any way? Hmm, it's a good question. I wouldn't say intimidating. That is definitely not the word that I would use. Okay. I also wouldn't want to dismiss it as a cakewalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they, they're, they would be fundamentally sound. They would do things, you know, um, Pretty basic, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't want to use a disparaging term here. But yeah, you would. But you know expect... the way that Leslie Frazier, Sean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he he'd put them in the right position, and it wouldn't be this super aggressive defense, most likely. But it would be a defense that you'd have to really kind of work at to go after. That's and kinda, even go at, go against. It's kind of where I'm at. Like I wouldn't laugh at it, of course, um, right. by any means. I also wouldn't fear it. Like. Even Fangio, I was I wasn't like sure because Allen had such good production as you've pointed out against Fangio that you always had that in your back pocket. But Fangio, just the scheme he plays and like he kind of will mix things up. Like I was wondering of how that would go, um, how that would look. Frazier, I don't really have the wonder of how it would look. You know, I, he knows how the Bills play. He knows Josh Allen. So I guess you could you could talk about that as you know familiarity and maybe that's why the Dolphins are interested in guys with connections to Sean McDermott's staff is they what are the Dolphins trying to do how the Bills story is what the heck we can't get over Kansas City how are we going to do that mm-hmm. the Dolphins mm-hmm. off season is how the hell can't we get over the Bills even when we have a three game lead and they got rid of Fangio. And I'm imagining that's what they're talking about. So it probably shouldn't be that big a coincidence that they're interviewing coaches with experience going up against Allen even in practice. It is interesting. Okay, let me ask you this way. What would be just immediate reaction to the harder defense you think they might have to face? If Bobby Babich was hired there or if Leslie Frazier was hired there? I think I would say Babich. I, I think I yeah, would say Yeah, I think so too, even though we don't we have no idea what defense he'd run. Right, right. That that's the unknown is kind of what right. scares me off a little bit. Like Yeah. You've got this young guy in Baltimore who I guess might get the Seattle job, Mike McDonald, and like he is he's kind of the new 
uh, figurehead for figuring out these McVeigh McDaniel motion off. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Offenses. Like, mm-hmm. the Chiefs didn't do a ton of that last week. The, the McDonald off uh, defense against the these, you know, up-and-coming offenses was so good. And him kind of being a young guy, not a lot of experience, and having that go so well. Again, Bobby Babbage could play a completely different scheme from Mike McDonald. But just seeing how that went in Baltimore with kind of an unknown commodity would make me, yeah, be a little a little fearful of, like, I don't know what this Bobby Babbage defense will look like. Maybe he would have the answers to a Joe Brady offense. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll look ahead the week that will be the NFL and by the way, Sabres are on the All Star break right, right now, so uh, check in a little bit on on what that looks like as well here on the Extra Point Show WGR. All right, just got a couple minutes left here, uh, Joe. We will tomorrow hear from uh, Dan Dunleavy. He's going to join the show. Talk about the Sabres during the All Star break here. All right. So tough we'll news some... on uh, tough news on Jack yeah. Quinn. Man, so. Um, I was just talking with Josh in this. We don't know from the team officially, right? But we do have a report. Yeah, Lance Lysowski, Buffalo News reported, eight weeks, had surgery over the weekend. Um, I guess, actually, it it can be looked at as good and bad. It's definitely bad, right? Like, you don't want injuries and a serious injury like that. But when he went down and, I, you know, the injury looked like it could be knee because it got all twisted up, but he grabbed the back of his ankle. And I... I was really wondering about his Achilles right away because that's what he got. That's what he injured during this past off season, and those injuries are so long coming back from. Uh, you know, it, and I guess it still could be. I don't know that it isn't, but the fact that it's an eight week timetable makes me think that he didn't tear his Achilles, which I guess is you know some positive. Right, we don't know exactly, but yeah, it could have been. Just I like, guess I mean say, ankle like, twisted up there. Yeah. It could have been anything there, right? Right. Like all I mean is, if it was Achilles, I think we would have seen a lot longer than eight weeks. I think you're probably right about that. So Sabers are off. Um, they are not really anywhere close to a playoff spot. Uh, I know that you know this is a week for Kevin Adams, Don Granado to kind of get together, figure out what they want to what what they want to do. And in that, what you just talked about, what are we looking at? Cooley coming up, basically. Is that probably the answer? Yeah, I guess he was he was unbelievable World Juniors, and he hasn't been yeah. so hot in Rochester in the last couple of weeks. But I think that's the guy. Like I, I, you're nine points out. Time, time to get a look at some of these guys because you've got to decide who's making your roster next year before you start. I, you have to trade somebody at some point, so you better start figuring out as much information on that as you can. 
They're going to talk a lot more about that, I'm sure, on Sabres Live. That's up next. We'll be back tomorrow on the Extra Point Show. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.